Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? Hello, Christoph. How are you doing? Yeah, what I like about uh, your current setup, uh, your current setup uh, in your um, studio that is now being reimagined as a, as a, as a Tokyo or um, uh, Osaka back street uh, with loads of like a broad Japan graffiti and LED lights and steam and all mm. stuff, sort of stuff. Um, you, 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 like a few weeks ago, you were remarking that you felt a little lonely in your um, in your office in your studio by yourself recording this <laughs> podcast. Um, you effectively made yourself look even more uh, lonely because you created <laughs> like a cityscape where you are the only resident. You've become the last man in your office to the last man on earth. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> the last, I am the last samurai in a cyberpunk yeah. environment. It is cool, and I do feel very lonely. So, I do, yeah. That's oh. the sad thing about being in the studio, which I love dearly. I do a lot of things alone here, and mm. I'm lonely, and I just sit there oh. listening to sad music and being lonely. One is the loneliest number by three dogs. Hey, I am. Um, <laughs> look. Look, you got to remember, um, uh, Japanese pornography, they're big into public stuff. You could always rent it out as a fake uh, backstreet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It always goes from oh zero, zero to 100. To porn. Zero to porn with Pete Donaldson. Uh, <laughs> another potential series. Yeah, I mean, it could be a great porn set, couldn't it? The most elaborate <laughs> porn yeah. film set ever designed, committed to, <laughs> to Pornhub. Um, it is good. It is very good. Speaking of, I, I mentioned a minute ago The Last Samurai, and that is because mm. I'm meeting Ken Watanabe again. Uh, what? In two days' time. You For round two. massive besties. Absolutely. And I've, I've had to, like, hide the cardboard cutout because I don't want him knowing that I have a cardboard <laughs> cutout in my studio of himself <laughs> to scale. Um, <laughs> One day I'll show him. That'll be the end yeah. scene of the entire documentary. I'll be like, look at this, Ken, I got this. And he'll be like, get out. I'm, I regret <laughs> doing out. all this. This has been and a lie. I'll be like, oh. <laughs> Burn the masters. Yeah. God. <laughs> I hope it goes well this time. I was so nervous on the first time that uh, I look back at it in hindsight and I think, eh, could have done that a lot better. Um, but... I don't feel as nervous now. I feel like there's not as much pressure now that Good. I've met the man. It was just really surreal sitting there 
in his cafe having a pizza and being like, "Sorry, Ken, can you can you just pass me the milk for the for the coffee?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> and just like, "What is this? What's going on?" That's, what's like, his, that's um, how I envisioned meeting Ken Watanabe having a pizza. <laughs> is, I, presume his, I presume his uh, English is very good as well when it comes to interviews. Um, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's not. He's not that bad. Um, he mm. did do most of his interviews in Japanese. I think because he, you right. know, he's very passionate about things. He wanted to give sort of really deep uh, opinions and sort of in-depth yeah. opinions. So he stuck to Japanese a lot in the interviews, which was good. Um, it also meant I had to work ten times harder to sort of pick up everything that he was saying, which yeah, I didn't do a very good job doing, apparently. Um, <laughs> but there were some really nice moments. Annoyingly, like one of the best moments is when the cameras were sort of switched off and I was mm. sitting on some grass with him. And we were just talking about the weather and the seasons and the best time to sort of just come up to this part of Japan and and yeah, and having a nice sort of poignant conversation. And mm. then I realised the cameras weren't on and yeah. I was very angry. It's one of those moments, all the best moments in interviews often happen when the cameras are stopped rolling right yeah or when people think the cameras have stopped rolling so i'll have to just do like Talented. a one minute interview and just be like oh <laughs> cameras are stopped now um let's just stand here and talk five minutes and um <laughs> one on one yeah <laughs> it's probably a bit shady but uh yeah so i'm sitting here this week and uh looking forward to that round two mm. of ken of potentially beautiful three. Uh, beautiful we got a story here this week from a chap named phil and it oh. begins uh, what does it begin? It begins. Good morning, gents. From a wet and rainy Richmond, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, I've got some family there. Uh, ten years ago, I decided to take full advantage of the one-year Japanese working holiday program. After my first month of travelling around Japan, I decided to try to find a gym. God, that's the one thing I... <laughs> I mean, I did a working holiday for one year after Jet, and uh, finding a gym was certainly not on my agenda. <laughs> I, just, I love that. That's Staying away from them if possible. yeah dedication um late one evening while perusing the internet my girlfriend found an advertisement for a gym very close to our house in itabashiku Uh, the next morning i trekked out in order to find this wonderful gym confused i arrived at the address and found myself in front of a very old home i knocked on the door and was greeted by a pleasant man in broken japanese i asked if this was in fact the location of the gym to which he replied yes and he ushered me into his home okay as i stepped into the home the gentleman gasped and pointed to my feet <gasps> i forgot to take off my shoes Uh-oh. oh That's the no. one thing you don't do the one thing you don't do it's the only time i've ever seen anyone be angry in japan it's when my friend left their shoes on don't leave your shoes on don't be mm. like phil don't be like my friend george take your shoes off um the old man motioned to the cabinet beside the door and offered me a pair of tight-fitting slippers we walked through his home to a covered hallway leading to a small warehouse. I don't like where this is going. To my amazement, this smallish, this smallish warehouse was full of older people, properly ma- proper older. Sorry, not older people. Full of older, properly <laughs> a warehouse full of old people. Um, yeah, a small warehouse full of old, properly maintained gym equipment. Sugoi, I'd finally found my gym, or so I thought. We then returned and walked through his home to his front door, and then. <laughs> This is when all hell broke loose. I gave my thanks and started walking out the door. As I stood on the sidewalk in front of his home, the man shouted something and pointed to my feet. I had forgotten to remove the damn slippers. I could could only assume he was upset at the slippers that had been contaminated from touching the outdoor pavement. I immediately attempted to kick off my right slipper, but as I had wide feet, the slipper was stuck. I kicked a bit harder, and to my horror, the slipper 
exited my foot at an insane velocity, traversing five feet upwards and striking the man in the face in his upper right eye, knocking off his glasses. I said, Dijoba this car, are you all right? And rushed over to help him. He motioned me to stop as I was still wearing my dirty slipper. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I then tried to flick off my left slipper. And in my shock and stupidity again, this demon-possessed slipper took off like a Tomahawk cruise missile, hitting him in his manhood. I ran to him and <laughs> what the fuck? I ran to him and put my hand on his shoulder, asking, "Die Jobber, die Jobber!" And at this very moment, a woman appeared, most likely the man's wife, or possibly even his mother. I could only imagine what she was thinking—a foreigner grabbing this man by the shoulder with a broken pair of glasses on the ground. She immediately began yelling. I grabbed my shoes in hand and sprinted out the door, barefoot like Usain Bolt. I ran for about one kilometre, entered a grocery store and anxiously hid in a washroom for about two hours. (laughs) Needless to say, I didn't join the gym. In all seriousness, have you ever accidentally assaulted the elderly? All the best, gents. Phil from British Columbia. What a story and and what a, like, he, he fucks up. And he panics and he kicks a slipper into the right eye of an old man. Uh, and then to apologize, kicks the slipper into the balls of an old man. Um, it's an astonishing, almost unbelievable story. Uh, and uh, look, I, it, it, it just sounds like it went incredibly badly. I still think that if a gym proprietor, because I can't imagine there'd be that many people kicking around uh, doing gym stuff uh, out in the sticks. So, I, look, beggars can't be choosers, I'd say to the man. Let me in your gym and I won't rough you up again. And I'm not paying any entry fee. I'm not paying a monthly <laughs> subscription. I just won't kick you in the balls with my slipper. <laughs> oh, God. There's so many things there. Like, I love the way that's a story. Essentially, like, as the old man would tell it, he'd be like, this man, this Canadian man assaulted me. <laughs> and he came in and he, he beat me with his slippers and he kicked me in the groin <laughs> and he smashed me in the face. He smashed my, he my, broke my glasses. And like from that angle, it's like the story of a ruthless foreigner who committed like, uh, like just assaulted this this poor old man. He just wanted to run his his gym in his warehouse with his yeah uh, his wonderful equipment. And yet, from our story, we've got <laughs> we've got the tale of a Canadian man who's justifying the assault of an old man. Like it's 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 all a bit Rashomon. It's 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 great. I love it. It's a story that. I, I, I can Did this really happen? This is insane. How many, how uh, big a hole Phil dug here? Um, I don't think we've ever had a story quite like this in all the years, no. the three, four years we've been doing this podcast. That is like a top three story. So if you listen to this podcast, this episode, guys, well done. You've yeah. heard that, that goes one out of the best you. stories that we've ever had. You. It's just the way that it's kind of like, uh, I love people who fuck up and then compound that fuck up with another fuck up. A more, uh, a more exciting, more visually uh, arresting fuck up. So, so well done, well done that person. <laughs> well done, Phil. I mean, the story could have ended with just going into a weird gym, which was. I mean, that sounds so odd. I've never heard of anything like that. This poor old man. He's probably like been running this gym like fifty years in his warehouse. I don't mm. like the idea that to get to his gym you have to sort of walk through his house. How does that work? It sounds a little bit dodgy. It sounds a little <laughs> bit devoid of health and safety, doesn't it? What do you yeah, make of just, it, Pete? Just a, just a real bit, yeah. gym. Just a little what bit. is this? <laughs> I'm gonna go and track it down. Yeah, I'm gonna go right. to um, Itabashi and like just type in gym into Google and see what comes up. It's probably yeah. it's a 
<laughs> to track it down. You'd be first. You'd be first like young... the other side of the story. Well, no, I mean you'd be interviewed uh, for for entry to the gym by a much younger man. Say, so, what happened to you? The older man. He said, "Oh, it was my father. He died of balls. <laughs> he died of a broken ball." <laughs> <laughs> Some man's a slipper went through his face and yeah. killed him. <laughs> Ridiculous. Alex Ferguson. You know, ex- wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a story. Uh, equally horrifying and terrifying involving monkeys this week. It was a story that Pete Donaldson sent to me. Pete, what is this story? What are these monkeys doing? It makes a change that it's not a bear on the lease causing mayhem and destruction. We've got monkeys this time. What happened? I mean, to to be honest, mate, like from what what I've seen, and it's all from NHK News and everything's in uh, Japanese, but um, there's, there's just a monkey on the loose. There's a bloody monkey on the loose, and he is running all around. He's running all around um, Shinjuku, uh, and and now he's kind of headed towards Shibuya. It's still on the loose. Uh, the people, <laughs> nobody can seem to sort of uh, stop it from 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 running around and running amok around the city. He is alone. He's a big. Uh, he's just a big macaque-looking fucker uh, with his big pink bum and his uh, tail up in the air. No one can catch him. The uh, TV crews that are following it around is, uh, are, are enamoured by it. It's just jumping around all of the electrical. Uh, and communicate communication uh, uh, wires above the uh, above the streets. It's it's brilliant. He's having a lovely time. He is the best monkey in the world, having the best time, uh, just running around the city like some kind of urban fox. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of these Japanese macaques. These very distinct <laughs> monkeys, bright red face. They're kind of yeah. cute. They're kind of cool monkeys. Like you, you can get really up close with them. Mm. At uh, like the, the the hot springs in Nagano or various parks, they're quite friendly. They're quite nice. Just don't get too close and don't make eye contact, or they will mm. destroy you and rip <laughs> your face off. Um, this monkey, he's on. He's having a bit of a adventure. He's having a, what can only be described as a monkey holiday. Yeah, um, he's he was first spotted in like Yoyogi Park walking around. <laughs> then he made his way up to Shinjuku. And now he's near a preschool in Shibuya. And I think that's the main concern. Young yeah. children plus monkey <laughs> very, equals macaques are very diff- Macaques are very aggressive. <laughs> they can be very aggressive if, if startled. Exactly. And we need, we need Pete Donaldson, who worked at a Gibbon Zoo many, mm. many moons ago, to come over and uh, capture the monkey. Because the Japanese police <laughs> certainly aren't having much luck. They're, they've no. not been able to catch the monkey. Every time they do, he like runs up a tree and like <laughs> does some sort of mad like uh, speed speed running over the buildings of Shibuya. It's quite impressive. Um, yeah. But there's some really cool photos of the monkey just sort of like wandering around, lazing around the city, having a right old time. Um, as of tonight, the monkey has yet to be caught and no injuries have been reported, although officials are asking residents to be cautious and refrain from offering the animal snacks or food should they yeah. encounter it. Um, so if you see the monkey, if you're out in Tokyo, give him a cheeky wave, but don't feed him any, any snacks. No. Uh, and if you can see him, get a photo of him, share it on Twitter, <laughs> isn't it? like everyone yeah, else has. Right. He's becoming like a Twitter king, king of Twitter tonight. <laughs> does, does Japan have a history of doing, uh, like, um, satirical, uh, character Twitter pages, you know, like, like when, whenever, like uh, McBoaty McBoatface or the the Suez yeah, Canal yeah. Uh, boat. I'm mainly thinking of boats for some bloody reason. <laughs> oh yeah, but like, excuse like there'll always be a Twitter uh, account set up by some uh, wag who who writes from the perspective of the big <laughs> ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Has anyone written a opened a Twitter account uh, from the point of view of the monkey yet? 
Not that I can see, unfortunately. Yeah. But it definitely oh. demands to be done. Just like a running yeah. commentary. You <laughs> <laughs> running around. It's nice, Des. I like that story. That's, that's a nice story. I, I, I hope he gets out of it all alive, to be honest. Because um, if he gets too near a school, it could end quite badly for yeah. Mr. Macaque. So, Mr. Macaque Monday. Yeah, they're pretty cool, though. I do recommend... Um, it's it's a very popular tourist attraction, but the uh, the the hot springs in Nagano, where you can see the monkeys in winter, having a good old splash around. Famously, on the second season of Journey Across Japan, we did go there with Natsuki and Joey, and we saw not a single monkey uh, because Aww. it was September. It was kind of hot, and the monkeys don't like to sit in the hot spring in the hot weather. So don't be like <laughs> me. Don't be a twat. Go in the winter and see the yeah. snow monkeys there. Um, although ironically, <laughs> the next day we did see them. They were in the park. We we stayed in a in like a shack, in like some sort of weird holiday camp shack. And right. we came out the front door in the morning. There was a big family of macaques wandering around. So <laughs> we got lucky after all. But they are cool. Like you, you do see them. Like in the Japanese countryside, when you're sort of uh, driving around, you'll see them just like running across the road every now and then. And on mm. the most recent wacky weekend with Connor and Natsuki, why we were waddling our way to this like abandoned hotel shipyard thing in the second half of the video uh we did hear like wee, 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 like this screeching noise in the distance of like some monkeys having a fight um pierced <laughs> the sort of midnight air the sound yeah. of screaming macaques it was all very exciting and very scary um connor claims to have encountered a snake i think it was a branch <laughs> Because if you if you if you pause the video where he screams and look down, you can see a long branch over his foot, right. and he thinks it was a snake, but it's not a snake; it's a branch. It's just a, and Connor's an idiot. It's a it's a big snake. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful! What a muppet! We'll be back with monkey. the fax machine and your questions in just a moment, guys. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? We got a message from Corey from New York. Hello to both of you, Big Daddy Broad and Punchy Pugilist Pete. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't know when the country intends to open for tourism, but uh, would you happen to have any sense of whether or not the average Japanese citizen is open to the idea of allowing tourists into the country again? Are people hesitant or content with the way things are now? Uh, what do you reckon, Chris? I mean, how many uh, Ooh, how many people well. have you spoken to who just sort of think that it's... Uh, it's the right thing to do to keep everyone out. I think if you ask lots of Japanese people at the moment, they'll be like, nah, we don't want foreigners now. Yeah. Um, because, unless they work specifically in the tourism or the hospitality industry, which have been annihilated. Um, yeah. Although they have this go-to travel campaign where they try and encourage people to travel around Japan, give out vouchers, and that's done wonders for the tourism sector domestically. But there was some good news this week. The um, Now that the elections are over, politicians are a bit more open-minded to letting people back in. And also, over 70% of the country is now fully vaccinated and rising quickly. So that's also encouraging. Cases yeah. are down, and they are talking about letting in business travellers into the country, which is a 
good first step. And also lowering the amount of time you need to quarantine because right now I think you've got to stay indoors for 10 to 14 days in your mm. apartment when you get back. So I think it's looking good. I do think early next spring, there's a good chance they'll open the doors and uh, we can finally get things going again and have lots of you guys coming over. But uh, yeah, I think right now, most people in Japan just kind of don't want to kick things off again. They want to, they're, they're sort of happy with the way it is um, mm. and they like things being closed off. So yeah, I think they like it now. And that's why politicians have not opened the doors early. You know, Japan has been the strictest of all the G7 countries when it comes to its borders. And, you know, it's not been good either. Lots of people who have student visas have been locked out. Lots of people that had jobs lined up have mm. had to sort of just sit at, at home waiting for a year now to be let in. So it's been really bad for so many people. Uh, I think there's 300,000 people waiting to get in, I read, who have had their visas uh, sort of preemptively prepared. So, yeah, it's... It's looking good, but uh, yeah, I'd say most people here are still kind of reluctant to just open the doors and swing it open to the likes of Pete Donaldson. Hey, don't want look, just don't want look. If you just get me, get me that business meeting, get me that business meeting with uh, <laughs> with this and that, with this and that's that. That's true, actually. Yeah, what's what, wrong can with we, why can't can we, we have a little business meeting in your in your set? I'm here to help you out. <laughs> I mean, what what would classify as a business trip? Like, you you're know, a bus- you're a businessman. Like, oh, yeah, business I'm a businessman. Yeah, you're a businessman. I'm a businessman. Let's have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> How do they do that when you get to like the gate, the, the gates of Japan, the, like mm. the immigration? They're like, you're not going to go and look at the King Kakuji template. Nah, <laughs> meeting, isn't it? Business, mate. Business, business. just business, <laughs> just business. We got one here from Chris from Korea which could have been the name of my YouTube channel had I accepted my mm. job teaching in Korea all those years ago. Hello, Chris and Pete. <laughs> I love the podcast. And I look forward to visiting Japan in the near future. You cover so many great topics about Japan, but I feel one very important topic is missing. A video on Japanese whiskey. Both of you being UK chaps, I'm sure you somewhat enjoy whiskey. The whiskey scene in Japan is very good. What are your thoughts on it? And will you do a video on it anytime soon? Chris from Korea. Well, Chris, I have done a video on whiskey that nobody has watched because we always <laughs> get people asking me to make a video on whiskey. And that's and they never this is the it. very reason I don't yeah. do it because nobody actually watches it. Um, there was a video <laughs> I made, uh, I think, three, four years ago called Staying in a Thousand-Year Japanese Hot Spring. And to be fair, I didn't label it as, as Japanese whiskey because I thought this would do better. But in that video... Uh, Ryota and I went to a, I think it was the Nikka whiskey distillery just outside of Sendai. Mm. And I drank lots of whiskey in the morning and got drunk, but it was good because I was being a connoisseur and I could claim it was for educational benefit, which it definitely was. That's a business um, meeting. That's my business meeting. <laughs> yeah, business it meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, business meeting. Yeah. Pete needs to get over here for a business meeting <laughs> in, in a gin distillery. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think. That's probably the first and last time I'll cover whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey drinker. I don't mind it, but I'm I don't feel like I'm ready for whiskey. I'm not mature enough. Give me my Moscow mules and wine. <laughs> you like whiskey, right, I Pete? Like, whiskey I like my, I like I like Japanese whiskey in in particular. My favourite is uh, the Hibiki uh, range, which yeah, means yeah. Echo. Does it mean Echo or Ghost or something? Hibiki. 
I think it might be an echo. Um, but and I've had like bottles of. I, I imported a video game for uh, a video game slash uh, other kind of journalist, investigative journalist. Uh, like that, I think I mentioned it before. That six hundred dollar, five hundred dollar, um, maybe even more expensive uh, Neo Geo game uh, that I went to Akibara. Yeah, I went I to like one of the, one of the big ones and one of the big shops and and bought this video game. Actually, I went to the Big Mandrake in, in Tokyo uh, and bought it and brought it back. Sure. And as, as as soon as you um, import it yourself um you automatically um it automatically doubles in price it's insane like, like if you know what you're oh, looking shit. for you can make a, a pretty chunky chunky profit uh just bringing games home uh you certainly could back then and he gave me a bottle of hibiki 10 or 15 or something you know years mm. old um i have in japan i think i've tr- i've definitely tried a 21 i may have even tried the 50 quid a shot uh oh 30 maybe not actually it basically the, the bottles are like eight grand each and and they they just stop making them to be honest it's very very rare that you see um anything over over your 21s but uh it was uh it was very good it was very good and uh, i think when when in rome you've got a, if you see a bottle of seriously old uh whiskey i think even your other mate pete uh sort of uh, said that if you see a bottle of really, really old whiskey, you really have to, uh, you really have to indulge because it's a real treat and it tastes mm. like nothing else you've ever tasted before. So uh, yeah, hip- Hibiki, I really like Hibiki. 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 This podcast not sponsored by Hibiki. No, which if it was interestingly <laughs> means uh, Hibiki means echo or reverberate. That's the, right, the word Hibiki. There we go. Bit there we go. Uh, was it, how old were you when you? decided whiskey was good because i don't know if i'm old enough yet to. Ex- you're right to really you're right i mean it. that bottle of hibiki whiskey i i was at points i mean it's an expensive bottle uh the first one i got you know it's a good um it's a good 60 70 quid uh the cheapest one and i was making picklebacks with it so the, i think my entry was like really good whiskey with pickle juice, <laughs> kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of get doing it that way, really. So yeah, it's uh, mm. it, yeah, it's just stuff like that, really. <laughs> good old whiskey, enjoy it. Good old whiskey. Stuff. Uh, we got one here from Sarah, who says, "Kind greetings to Lord Chris, Emperor of the Abroad Empire, and Lord Pete, King of Coolish." Uh, insert sarcastic and disgusted remark by Chris. I I haven't drunk enough whiskey to be disgusted and sarcastic. <laughs> I, something sounds so wrong about being emperor of the abroad empire, though. It sounds sounds inherently wrong. Chris, because Japan is a context-based language where many different words can sound similar or even be spelt in the same way, have you ever experienced that uh, you've either misunderstood what someone said or was misunderstood yourself due to thinking of the wrong word or context. Kind regards from Denmark's top Japan enthusiast, Sarah from Denmark. Uh, that's a good question, and it's a tough one, to be honest. Can you mm. think of any words off the top of your head, Pete? That sound I similar? was saying the word, I've said it before, I will probably repeat the mm. story, uh, because I've not been in Japan for a little while, I repeat this all the time. Uh, I was, you know, when I was saying no to things, I was actually saying the word house. Uh, ie is uh, house, oh, and yeah, ie is no. Uh, and I was, instead of saying ie, Mm. Uh, and, and you know when you're sort of in that situation where you are uh, trying to say to somebody don't, not to worry you know what I mean don't, don't, no, no don't worry about me mm, it's all good mm, I'm fine yeah, I'm fine yeah, I'm fine yeah, yeah. and you're saying ee, ee, like you're fine I'm fine I'm fine That's no 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 um, and I was just going house house <laughs> <laughs> house house yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad at like thinking things like this off the top of my head yeah um, so let's cheat Japanese let's words cheat. 
that sound that the sound same. Similar. Let's type yeah. into Google, see yeah. what comes up. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's a really common example that most people know, and that's Kawaii versus Kawaii. Uh, scary right. versus cute, right? Kawaii, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, yeah, Kawaii yeah. is scary. Kare, um, and karai? Is that two karai? Words? Karai's spicy. Kide is pretty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got uh, suaru. Do you know what suaru is? Oh, I don't suaru. know. And uh, sawaru. Suaru means to sit down, and sawaru means to touch. So, oh yes, yes, we have heard that know. one before. Yeah, can I touch you? Can I touch yeah. this? Please, please sit down. <laughs> touch me. Uh, we've got Oxan. Shopai, oh, for God's sake. Salty versus big breasts. Shopai, opai. It sounds like a crappy 1980s video game, doesn't it? Shopai, opai. Terrible, terrible um, cop, cop duo. <laughs> we've got okashi versus okashi, which is uh, candy and uh, uh, scary. Or strange. Mm. So okashi, okashi means uh, candy. Okashi means kind of uh, strange or odd. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people always mess up aru versus iru. Aru mm. is to exist and iru is to exist, but iru is for something that's living. I think it's quite interesting in the Japanese language. One of the first things you learn is uh, that uh, people in Japan like to discern between things that are alive and things that aren't. So, you know, when Pete's here, you'd be like, oh, Pito-san, iru. Pete's here. Uh, you wouldn't say Pito-san aru. You always say uh, iru. And, you know, I forget things like that because I've been doing, like, I've known Japanese for almost a decade now. I forget a lot of the cool things in the language like that where they sort of like to discern between the living and the non-living. Like, imagine doing that in English. It just wouldn't make any sense, would it? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, those, those are some good ones. But, yeah, kawaii and kawaii is the one that you hear the most that people love to talk about, I think. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And also, another one, kaze. What does kaze mean, Pete? Kaze? kaze. I don't kaze. know what kaze means. Kaze means like uh, wind. Oh, wind. I see. That so what's sense. what's kam- kamikaze? Oh, uh, kamikaze. naughty wind. Uh, justice wind or no. something, I don't know. <laughs> something like that. It's like Wind of the Gods. Wind of the Kamikaze. Gods. Like Kamikaze, yeah. right? Yeah. The old suicide bombing plane. Yeah. Kamikaze, Wind of the Gods. But uh, Kaze can also mean like cold, to be mm. like sick, to have like a ah. Kaze, cold illness. Um, oh, interesting. Another one, Kikai. Kikai can mean machine. It could also mean opportunity, like a chance. So Kikai or Kikai. How does so it, it does get complicated. Yeah. yeah. But really again, like it all... Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That could that could be a tough one, but like it all comes down to context. And I found once you've sort of learned the language, it really doesn't become that much of an issue, to be honest. Um, it's all it about really context, hasn't. I suppose, and and also like yeah, context. We, we talk is like, so good. We talk about how difficult Japanese is, and it is. Um, imagine being Japanese and learning English. Someone pointed out the word uh, yacht mm. yesterday on Twitter. Imagine like imagine seeing the word fucking yacht and not want to throw <laughs> all your books in the bin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know what? Would that what, what the hell would you even say? It'd be like yacked, wouldn't it? I got my yacked, yacked, yacked. <laughs> I'm trying to find. There's I'm trying things. to find somebody. Like, somebody got in touch. Like, uh, remember, um, we had an, an, a story. I, I just kind of like checking up on what we said before. Um, we had a story mm. about uh, a few, a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week. Um, someone was in the like showering a kid or something, and they were singing a song. Remember, they were singing a song about so and so has a big chest. Um, yeah, has, I yeah, do you remember? And then someone pointed out that it's, it's clearly talking about 
and it was the name of like a porn star. So this dad was singing to the son about a porn star having big boobs or something like that. It's so oh weird. Imagine being a, that famous a porn star uh, and, and being able to kind of, you know, break through to, to for, for, for men to, you know, for, for, for dads to feel so comfortable talking to their kids about it. I suppose it's the same as like a Linda Lusardi or a Jordan over here, I suppose, but... <laughs> That's just made last week's story all the more sinister. I think yeah, that was two episodes ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just turned a heartwarming story into something rather sinister. And, uh, <laughs> I can't disturbing. remember who pointed that, pointed that out to me, but I can't find the message. But thank you very much, whoever, whichever deviant pervert got in touch. <laughs> yeah, we sometimes miss the tragic, we tragically miss the nuances of some of these stories. Uh, yeah. we, need, we need more context. What would we be without context? <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Do it all over again later during the week in the next few days. But for now, have yourselves a good one. Bye, bye, bye. Shop aisle pie. <laughs> God. <laughs>